hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Good morning. Good morning. It's really um, interesting when you see your face come up on Facebook advertising that you're going to be preaching and um, that you're going to be preaching on being anxious for nothing and your body floods with anxiety. (laughs) Um, It's interesting um, just to hear Henry speaking this morning and the scripture that he shared is about God being a safe place and um, I know that and most of you will know that. In fact, all of you might know that but there will also be times or some people that don't know that or they did experience God as a safe place and then something happened and it's no longer safe or church is no longer safe or um, someone they used to know is no longer safe but it's a perception that person or that church or God still remains a safe place but it's the perception so when I saw my the perception of truth so when I saw my face on Facebook um, advertising and yay, you don't want to miss it, no pressure, Um, I was just like, sheesh, maybe you do want to miss it, we'll see. Um, So I just will pray before I start because I think that will help my levels of anxiety. Uh, Father, we thank you this morning um, that you are the breath in our lungs. Lord, you are our peace you are our foundation. You are our safe place. And Father, for every person that is under the, um, this word this morning, I pray that it would be guided by your truth. Uh, Lord, that there would be um, no condemnation. There would be no, um, no interference from the enemy, but just a, a pure heart connection um, from your word to them. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm talking about anxiety, it's quite an intense kind of subject, um, so I thought that this next slide might help. Um, I don't know how well you can see that, you probably can't. Um, One of these says, don't bother walking a mile in my shoes, that would be boring. Spend 30 seconds in my head, that will freak you right out. (laughs) Um, Another one says, anxiety is having 64 tabs open but in real life. So have you ever been on your computer screen and you've got all these tabs open? I was helping Nico the other night with his homework and um, he had lots of tabs open and um, then <laughs> I heard him say at the end, oh, the most satisfying thing is closing that and all the tabs go. And that's actually a bit like life. We have so many things going on and how satisfying is it just to close one and then close another? Um, I don't struggle with anxiety. It actually comes very easy to me. Don't overthink it, and then there's SpongeBob SquarePants clearly overthinking it because his brain is massive. And have you ever had to prove that you're not a robot? And you have to circle, um, it says, um, click the box that the vehicle's in. And you're like, oh my gosh, like you're panicking. Is that line there, is is the vehicle in that box as well? Have I got every single box? That's what it can be like when you're living with anxiety. Carl asked me to preach about five or six weeks ago. I have never felt so anxious in 
in recent times since the last five or six weeks. And he's like, why are you anxious? You're on stage all the time. I know. I will worship lead any day of the week. I will lead a meeting any day of the week. But preaching, like seriously, is up to here on me for levels of anxiety. Um, Because, and when I shake that down, I don't like being incompetent. I don't like... um, well, there's probably levels of control in that as well, but I don't like um, I don't like feeling this feeling right now of being on um, you know I could get something wrong. Um, I could well not could I will get something wrong, um, and there might be judgments that are being made. Like someone goes, "Oh, I've got great expectations this morning." I'm like, oh, "Thanks." And they meant it really well, but because my brain is on high alert, my perception of that was like, oh, judgment. So it's, it's interesting. It's, there's so many layers. So um, anxiety, I thought I might define it. Anxiety is a feeling of fear or apprehension about what may happen in the future. It is a natural response to stress or danger but when it becomes excessive or uncontrollable, it can interfere with daily life and lead to significant distress. Anxiety is a normal emotion or feeling, but our perception of what is a threat and what is not triggers a stress response in our sympathetic nervous system. Now, I wanted to labour over that because I am going to draw some things um, out of this. I realise when I'm putting a word together, I'm just a teacher. I'm sorry. It just comes natural to me. Um, So it is a very teaching message today. One in four New Zealanders um, have suffered or have experienced anxiety. It's quite high, eh? One in four. I've definitely been that one in four the last five or six weeks. And I can kind of joke about it and I can kind of um, snigger about some of those memes that I put up earlier, but there are people that live with this daily and it is actually um, all-consuming. When you're in the midst of anxiety, it is the top thing and and it is almost impossible to think outside of it. It is debilitating. But there is a purpose for anxiety, there is a purpose of fe- to feel nervous. It's a safety danger. And I'll talk a, a little bit about that in, in a moment. But what I really want to s- express is that it is normal to have, to experience levels of anxiety. It is our bodies trying to tell us whether we're safe or not. And anxiety, um, I think Georgia mentioned this, anxiety is actually about what if. So anxiety makes our brain think into the future. You know, the Bible says don't worry about tomorrow. There's enough drama for that. (laughs) Just focus on today. And so anxiety is what if. What if I don't have enough money to pay that bill? What if my husband leaves me? What if, like... When my dad got diagnosed, what if dad dies? What if dad dies? 
and I spoke to my supervisor at the time and she said, what if he does? <laughs> well, that wasn't helpful. Um, <laughs> so then she talked me through, okay, so part of that process was, okay, um, but right now you've got him. And so I could have spent all those days that I had with dad filled with anxiety, worrying about what if, and missed that I had him in the moment. Didn't mean that my brain didn't rush off to what if, but I then was anchored back to, but right now. And then I thought about that scripture. Don't worry about tomorrow. So your sympathetic nervous system, I always kind of cracks me up because I don't think it's particularly sympathetic to how I'm feeling at the moment. But what its job is, is to, um, it increases our heart rate, increases our blood pressure, um, our breathing changes. And so you'll notice that when you're nervous or you're anxious, um, you will, f like right now, if you took my pulse, it would be off the, off the chart. And um, my blood pressure has increased. You'll probably notice things about me that my hands, I'm moving my hands quite a bit, and they kind of feel a bit clammy. Um, my mouth will dry up. And also, um, I can feel trembliness through my body. People live with this all the time in everyday life. And what you might find really simple in, in just life, people are going through these things every single day. And that's why I think it's really important to consider how we respond to someone or how we react to something because people aren't necessarily working, thinking, saying, reacting out of a normal response situation. Their sympathetic nervous system has gone, you're in danger, let me help you by increasing your heart rate, um, increasing your blood pressure, you're breathing a whole heap faster, your pupils are fully dilated, and when that lion comes, you can get right on out of here super fast. But the reality is we're not living where we need to run away from a lion. But our bodies feel like we need to sometimes run away from a dangerous situation. So just to expand a little bit, a, a bit more on that, if that's for me, just tell them I'm busy. <coughs> so um, there's a, a thing in our brain called the amygdala. It's about the size of an almond. And when you see the size of an almond, it's probably about the size of our um, nail. And that thing there, boy, oh boy, it, it is a tricky little thing. Um, it's kept within our emotional brain. And our emotional brain has no ability to think logically. So, in, so it says here, the decision-making area of your brain determines the existence of a threat. This triggers a response to the amygdala, which tells the hypothalamus to initiate the fight-or-flight response. So let's not worry about too much about the words there, just to say that there's the emotional brain and the rational brain. The, emotion, the rational brain tells us whether we're in danger, and um, then the little alarm bells go, and the brain say, you've got to get out of here. This is no longer safe. What's really interesting is this part of the brain, the, the amygdala, amygdala, that wasn't required when, before the fall. Why? No threats, no fear. We lived in perfect love, 
or Adam and Eve did, dang it. So that was no, not needed. It was not activated. And when we go to be with the Lord, deactivate, it's no longer needed. Wow, just think about that for a minute. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> so this little gem is about safety and danger. And then what it decides, okay, if I'm safe, that's fine. But if I'm in danger, I'm either going to have to fight or I'm going to flight, I'm going to run away. I'm going to freeze or I'm going to fawn. So they're all quite, um, you know, fight. Okay, so for me, typically, um, I'll either fight or I'll fawn. So when I want to fight, when I feel like I'm in danger and I want to fight, I'm, I'm, I've got an answer for something, or I'm not, I'm not going to physically fight, but I'm going to push back. I'm not going to just take whatever happens, or I'm, that's when I feel like I'm in danger. I'm going to run away from something. Um, if I freeze, then that's kind of like when you're just like, I just don't know what to do. Oh my gosh, and you're just it's totally frozen. Um, uh, flight is when you run away from the situation. Fawn is particularly when um, you're working, when you're involved with people, you're in threat, um, and you try to people please. So the person um, might be manipulating and controlling you, and that's not that's a dangerous situation. But what you'll do is um, try and befriend them, and um, work alongside them, and try and keep them happy. So they're the two. They're my two responses. I probably do all of them, but typically, I would do um, fight, and I would do fawn. I definitely, um, when I was younger, did fawn a lot, um, but now not so much. So let's have a look at our, what it, this happens in our bodies. Anxiety doesn't just leave you feeling worried and tense. It triggers a cascade of bodily responses that can make you feel physically crummy in the short term and potentially affect your health over time. If I lived this way, <laughs> how I'm feeling now, if I lived this way all the time, it's tiring. I tell you why. Because what happens is your body's like, okay, Lisa, you're in danger. What is happening for you now is incredibly dangerous. Um, so I'm going to help you get away from this situation or fight this situation by flooding your body with chemicals called adrenaline and cortisol. And so when you get your body flooded with those chemicals, it gives you the ability to be super strong or super fast. So if this building caught on fire, you'd be like, <gasps> and your brain would be going, danger, danger, danger. And then, shung, your kidneys, your brain, all these chemicals everywhere would be releasing adrenaline. So today, after I finish preaching, I'll probably want to go home and have a sleep because I am so tired. I will be so tired, just letting you know. Um, <laughs> he's sitting there going, I do this every week. Uh, and I'm anxious every week. Oh, are you? Are you anxious every week? Oh, yeah, it doesn't go away. It's not easier. Okay, well, that's just not encouraging for me, but... <laughs> So what happens? Um, what happens in your, in your body? Your muscles tense. Your breathing quickens. 
you feel faster and stronger, like I said, so that you could run away from the dangerous situation. You can have difficulty sleeping. Oh, dang, that never happens to me, just saying. Sleeping is not a problem. This guy, however, never sleeps. Um, you need to go to the toilet. So there's a frequency in wanting to pee. Um, you might notice the worship team, like just before um, the, the bracket starts, one of us will go, oh, I've got to go to the toilet. And we're not aware of why that happens, but why it happens is because you've got adrenaline and cortisol and other intense um, chemicals running through your body, you're tense, your heart's racing, um, and you do your um, need to pee increases. You're nervous, so your mouth dries, um, your hands get uh, clammy or shaky, or your le legs, sometimes I've seen people speak, and if you're wearing a skirt, like you can see they're going It's just your body's response, and as much as you try for it not to happen, it's just like still there, and you're like, oh, don't give it away, but there it is, giving you away. You can get really tired, like I said before, and also your brain can get really foggy. Adrenaline and cortisol are great for short bursts of time, but to live in that, it is awful. It is absolutely awful. So what can we, um, how can we help others and help ourselves? Um, some things to say to people with anxiety. I'm here for you. There's no level of expectation. You're just letting them know that you're here for them, however that needs to look, whenever that might be. Take your time. You can't rush someone through anxiety. You can't just make them better. You can't always just fix the problem. It, they just need to know. Um, probably I would add to that, but I haven't put it up. Um, don't say something like, the scriptures say be anxious for nothing. <laughs> when I'm feeling really, really anxious, the last thing I can do is, um, and it's awful, it's very difficult to think about scriptures. Like, because it's just totally at the top of, anxiety is totally at the top of my brain, and, and it, it's really hard. Music is my best um, my best, the best impact for me for when I'm feeling um, anxious. Um, your fears are not silly. People, um, people feel embarrassed about having anxiety or, excuse me, they feel embarrassed that um, what they're worried about is, you know, is silly. And honestly, sometimes for me, sometimes what I am worrying about is silly. And the things that I am worrying about are f future casting. And most of the time, those things never happen anyway. But someone, when they're in that state of anxiety, they just need to know that you're there not judging them. You're accepting them as they are in whatever situation they're going through. And then there's something called grounding. Um, grounding is an, uh, an electrical term when a conductive surface like metal um, is not grounded and it becomes electrically energised 
um, and it carries such a huge amount of voltage that it can cause a fatal uh, a shock. And so what is important is that there are that, that um, electrical con um, that's conductive surface surface is grounded. So how we do that is, well, we can talk to people um, and just try and be a calming influence with them. Sometimes we get so caught in our brain, in our own levels of anxiety, that we can't see outside of that. We, we're just totally consumed. Um, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about some grounding techniques that you can um, help someone and yourself will actually practice it. So how can we help others and ourselves? Um, keeping physically active, going for a walk. You don't have to be a, a gym bunny, but just going for a walk. Sometimes that, um, because you've got so much pent-up energy when you're anxious, it's just good to go for a walk. It's good to... Um, get some fresh air, and um, I always think it's funny because when you're puffing so much, you've got no time to think about what you're anxious about. You're just trying to get oxygen into your lungs to stay alive. Um, avoid drugs and alcohol. I thought, oh, well, I use that one in church. Yes, I will, because there's probably people that struggle with drugs and alcohol, even though we're at church. doesn't matter. Um, avoid drugs and alcohol. That is not going to help your... Um, sympathetic nervous system because it will increase your heart rate, it will increase your blood pressure um, and, so, and it will increase your anxiety. Um, quit smoking, vaping or caffeinated drinks. I'm not sure I agree on the third one of that. Um, <laughs> I, so Carl makes me coffee every morning while I'm in bed, luxury. And um, I have, like I said, I've been particularly anxious and I said to him, I think that I should um, perhaps not drink coffee, especially on an empty stomach, FYI. It's really not good uh, because it increases, um, caffeine increases um, adrenaline. And I said, I don't think it's a good idea. And he's like, oh, okay, radio. And then I'm like, but I think we'll still do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So quit smoking and vaping. Think about the coffee thing, you know. Um, so I did, I do notice that when I drink caffeine, my heart rate increases. Um, use stress management and re relaxation techniques. So I'm going to talk about that in, um, in a minute. Make sleep a priority. It's really easy to say for a person who can sleep easily. Um, but establishing routines, people don't realise how important sleep is. As soon as you don't have it, I mean, it was a, used as a, uh, a torture instrument in, in wars to keep people awake. Um, when you are lacking sleep, um, so many other things in your life begin to fall over. And your decision-making isn't as sharp. Um, your brain fog, you um, become more irritable, then you need to drink more caffeine, um, you know, and sports drinks, um, are they called energy drinks? Um, mate, off the chart. So make sleep a priority. Sometimes it can be really helpful to establish a routine. Um, so you're going to bed every night at, you know, 10 o'clock or whatever works for you. Um, eat healthy foods. 
Um, green, leafy greens are really good. Um, yeah, what they do is they increase a chemical called GABA in your brain to eat those, um, and that's like a relaxant for your brain. So any, anything that's really green, like broccoli or kale, ooh, um, is really good for you. <laughs> no, chicken is not a vegetable. <laughs> Learning about anxiety um, is really helpful because the more I've learned about it, the more because sometimes you can be, feel like this and you don't know what's wrong with you, but then when you realise um, what's going on, then you've got some skills to be able to work through it. Stick to your treatment and wellness plan. If you are, um, have seen a, a doctor or a counsellor or a psychologist or a psychiatrist and they have a plan for you with your treatment, which includes medication, stick with it. Keep going um, on that plan. And a wellness plan can look at your sleep, your physical activity, um, what you eat, um, your water intake. There can be, you can have so many things on a wellness plan. Um, and so stick to those things. Identify triggers. I've identified preaching as a trigger, so I will be staying away from that. Um, but identify what it is that is your trigger. Journaling. Now, I always used to think journaling was something else to what I now know it is. Um, journaling to me is like having a counselling session for free. So I have a, um, just a book at home and I spend probably, I would like to, because I've noticed I haven't been journaling and my, my levels of anxiety had increased. Um, I journal probably an hour and a half to two hours a week and I just write and write and write and it's quite amazing what comes out as you write. Now, when I first started journaling, I probably couldn't write for that long. It's just like your prayer life. When you first start praying, you can't pray for that long. And then as you um, extend that, you can extend how long you pray for. Um, and so journaling now, I can get, so I can f physically feel myself change when I've journaled. I, my everything, my sympathetic nervous system, so my heart rate, my blood pressure, my breathing, Everything just seems to calm down as I get everything out, writing it on paper. Um, Socialise. Um, because what you want to do when you're anxious is withdraw, because you don't want, your brain's already in danger, or feels like you're in danger, that you're unsafe. So you don't want to put yourself into another unsafe position. So you withdraw. Um, a couple of weekends ago, I was feeling particularly anxious. I did not want to go to this thing that we were supposed to be going. Um, to and I went and it was the best thing I could have done. Um, just uh, my head was out of where it had been and if I had have stayed at home, I just would have stayed in that mindset. It's not always easy. So triggers, um, caffeine, <laughs> skipping meals. You know, when you're hungry, your body's going, oh, you, this, you could be now missing out on nutrients, um, maybe are you, your body doesn't know. It's like, okay, I'm gonna help you by making you panic a bit more about food. So now, and it's actually not helping you, it's making things worse. Negative thinking, eesh. When you're anxious, <coughs> it just goes spirals down and down and down. It's really hard to pull yourself up out of those thoughts. Financial concerns, um, socializing, coming to church. If you have an experience where you've come to church or um, you've got, you go somewhere, um, even like flying, let's just take flying for example, we flew to Sydney once, um, we had the worst turbulence, our plane dropped um, 
Food went everywhere. Um, people were screaming. Jack Lamborn was crying. Um, it, was, it was horrific. It was absolutely horrific. We thought we were going to die. Um, when, that when we got off the plane, the captain had said that was a 9 out of 10. He'd never experienced anything like that before. Um, when we arrived in Sydney, everybody clapped. Yay. It was awful. Then there was Hank Van Asperen. He had never flown before in his life. And he thought that was normal. <laughs> so his brain said, this is normal. Oh, well, we'll just go for the ride. So his, his safety danger mechanism thought it was normal. So there was no threat for him. His brain did not perceive danger. My brain and 99% of the people on that flight were fully charged and fully alarmed, going, this is danger, we could die. Conflict, ooh. <coughs> having to talk to somebody about something. We're, so we're already anxious. We become anxious having to deal with conflict. But conflict already has a negative uh, connotation that comes with it. So we're already on the back foot because our bodies, our hearts racing. We're not thinking clearly. So when we simply could say, um, you know, this isn't working for me or whatever, we become anxious and then our words get all mixed up and we come across awkwardly and it just, anxiety doesn't help in those times. And another trigger is preaching, which I just <laughs> mentioned um, before. Oh. Okay, I'm going to tell you a couple of techniques and then I will be done. How to use the 54321 method. I do this with Carl sometimes and it really annoys him because um, I say it in a way that probably ex you know, creates anxiety in him. So focus on five things you can see. This is a grounding tool. So this helps someone get out of their head, out of their emotional brain and start thinking rationally. Five things that you can see. Okay, what can I see? I can see a light, I can see um, that kind of flower thing, I can see a guitar, I can see Corbin, I can see tissues, I don't know if that's five, but there we go, I've seen five things. So now my brain's not thinking about, it's thinking about five things I can see. Now four things I can touch. So just where you are now, four things you can touch. Now focus on three things you can hear. Focus on two things you can smell. And one thing you can taste. Hopefully you've brushed your teeth or you might have caffeine. You can taste those things. So five, four, three, two, one method. It is shifting your brain out of that emotional capacity which doesn't have any intelligence and it's shifting it into the intelligent brain and giving you something else to focus on. Box breathing, this is fantastic. Now people say, oh, I don't know, why does breathing help? Well, remember I said about your sympathetic nervous system? It's an overdrive, so your heart is racing and your breathing has shallowed. So you're just doing very shallow breathing from the top part of your lungs. What box breathing um, is getting you to focus on is getting a full breath in, and getting oxygen into your, into your um, blood, but also it, getting rid of um, carbon dioxide. 
which is what gets stored in our blood when we're anxious. So let's practice box breathing. So what happens is, um, I'll just do it for the count of four. You can do it for um, count of five or count of eight. But what this will do is it actually starts to relax your body. So apparently box breathing or actually breathing is the only researched um, method that truly helps anxiety or an um, anxiety attack. So box breathing, you breathe in for the count of four, you hold for the count of four, you breathe out for the count of four, and you hold for the count of four. Now what's really interesting in this is we're gonna breathe in through our nose, like this, and then hold. Now when something happens and you're in danger, you go <gasps> like that, okay? So you're gonna breathe in, and your body's like, oh, okay, here we go, we're in, we're, something's happening because I've breathed in like that. And then we're gonna hold it. And then when we breathe out, we're gonna breathe out through our mouth, and we're gonna go <sighs> And by breathing out through our mouth, our body hears, oh, she's relaxed. Because what happens when you get resolution with something? <sighs> you sigh. <sighs> and you relax. And you feel your body uh, relax, the tension changes. So let's do box breathing. So in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, <sighs> through, Three, four, hold. Two, three, four. In. Two, three, four, hold. Two, three, four, out. Two, three, four, hold. Two, three, four. Is every, no one's passed out? <laughs> How, what was that like? Relaxing? Anything else? Anyone else notice anything? Sleepy? <laughs> Paul wrote this, um, you know, we've used Philippians 4 um, as, our, as one of the major scriptures because it says, be anxious about, don't, uh, do not be anxious about anything. Paul wrote this letter when he was in, um, in prison. He was having an incredibly rough time. The book of Philippians is considered to be the happy book. Um, it's considered um, to, like, how can someone facing such adversity write a book that tells us, don't, worry, don't be worried about anything? I think that um, it brings hope, that book brings hope. Gratitude, hugely amount of gratitude, as Paul was writing to the, um, the church in Philippi, just saying, wow, thank you guys, you've supported me, you're there with me, um, be blessed. sometimes these scriptures can feel, when you're anxious, can feel like a band-aid. And then when they don't work, or you think they don't work, I'm not sure what working means, but when it says, do not be anxious for anything, and then you are anxious, and you're like, oh man, I can't be a very good Christian because God's not helping me. But what it says here is, I leave the gift of peace with you in John 14, 27. So God knew that we would be anxious, that there would be times when we were stressed out, when we would be overwhelmed, we'd be casting into the future and worrying about what if. And he said, don't worry. My peace, I'm bringing it. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace 
Don't yield to fear or be troubled in our hearts. Instead, be courageous. You know, it takes a lot of courage, a lot of courage to step out into a place where you do not feel you can manage. Where you, where you, when you're anxious, just to get out of bed sometimes. Just to come to church. Just to go to work. Just to answer or reply to that phone call. But what I encourage you is don't be false. Say how you're feeling. Can we have this next slide up, please, as I finish? My, anxi my anxiety when I'm alone. My anxiety when I come to church. <laughs> but how true can that be? How's it going? I'm oh, really great. How's, how's your relationship? Oh, it's so good. But the further you are away from your truth the greater the anxiety becomes. Father, I thank you that this morning you've spoken to hearts. You continue to love us no matter what's going on for us. You know the secret places that we keep hidden. You know the truth. You know what we struggle with. And this morning we come to you with gratitude, with thankfulness. Lord, we thank you that relationships heal us. We thank you that the truth can set us free. And no matter where we are, whether we've experienced, how we experience anxiety to the to the level of which we experience it, whether we're in it right now, whether we're coming out of it, Lord, you're with us every single step of the way. Right. We thank you don't, you don't ever pass judgment. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to help us recognize those triggers, those um, reactive situations for ourselves and help us to be the kind of people that someone with anxiety would want to be with that we would help people through those times where they're stressed and anxious and discouraged. I pray um, for your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' name. You know, if anyone would like prayer, I'd love to be able to pray. Um, just to be still, you know, in the busy times of life, we're rushing from one thing to the next. Just to be still and hear from the Lord. Just to be still and be with someone. Um, how about you stand to your feet? Um, Lord, as we leave this place, I pray that the deposit of truth would be um, with everyone in this room. Father, everyone listening online, um, I pray for a blessing over every person this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Um, it has been a pleasure. Thank you, for, um, thank you for holding me in my anxiety while I um, brought this message. Um, it is, uh, where I'm at now is probably more of four out of ten, when it was probably more like an eight when I started. Um, and 
yeah, so I have taught myself that it's not as scary as what I had perceived it to be at the start. <laughs> Do you know I've preached five times in the 12 years we've pastored? I was just talking about that this morning, so it doesn't happen very often. Um, so have a wonderful week, and um, if anyone wants prayer, I'd love to be able to pray for you. Thanks.